Hey everybody, welcome back to Pocket Theology. I'm here with my buddy Martin. Say hi, Martin. Guten Tag. Nice. Really branching out now. Um, he speaks German and he likes to remind everyone about it. It's like when someone learns to play guitar in high school and they're like, hey, you guys want to hear me play Wonderwall? That's Martin, but with German and Hebrew. He's he's that guy. Anyways, yeah, welcome cool. back. Welcome back, everyone. We wanted to talk real briefly today about an article that we found. It was written back in 2011, so it's a little bit dated. The information's still good, though. But it just recently started making the rounds again. So I'm not sure if it was reposted uh, or if, you know, the algorithm just randomly fell in love with it. That happens sometimes, you know, social media algorithms are just like, you need to see this thing from two years ago. Whatever. But this article was from NBC. I think originally it was from Discovery, like Discovery Channel, and then reposted by NBC News. They've posted it under two names if you want to look it up. Uh, one is, did God have a wife? Scholar says that he did. And the other one is, God's wife edited out of the Bible. Almost. Did God have a wife, Martin? Tell us what this article's about, kind of what they're getting on to. Yeah, so like Jason said, uh, this article is from 2011. So it's about 11 years old at this point. Uh, and... It's mainly talking about the work of an Oxford scholar named Francesca Stavrakopoulou. She was uh, researching at Oxford for a little while, and she's actually teaching in the theology and religion department at the University of Exeter. But she claims that Yahweh was not the only God who was worshipped by the Israelites. She mentions that they also worshipped a female deity named Asherah. Now, the name might sound familiar to a few of you because Asherah is mentioned in our Bible a few times. Francesca actually makes a claim that she calls colorful and what could seem to some uncomfortable that Asherah is God's wife. Asherah is a fertility goddess who had connection to Yahweh before. So uh, there is a connection in a few passages according to this article. Apparently, they are mentioned together in some passages and in some inscriptions in pottery that was found in the Sinai Desert. The inscription uh, on the piece of pottery is really kind of where this relationship idea comes from. It is a petition for blessing from Yahweh and his Asherah. And the phrase kind of sounds strange, but most Hebrew scholars are kind of, they kind of have this idea that uh, possession like that would be used in a marital relationship. And so uh, this phrase right here kind of says, oh, well, maybe they were married. Uh, another piece of evidence for this is the biblical narrative that concerns Asherah being worshipped in the temple of Yahweh. Uh, Stravakopoulou believes that uh, with this evidence, God had a wife which was being edited out of the Bible. That's the key part there. Uh, so this article is mainly about taking Asherah out of our religious scripture, which is interesting. Uh, but that's kind of the argument that this article is making. Yahweh and Asherah are mentioned together in a possessive form. Maybe they're married. Yeah, so there's a few things to note here. 
Uh, one is, and maybe I just had a little bit more familiarity with Asherah than Martin. That makes me feel happy, if so, because he's the Old Testament guy, and I get like this one little random fact over him that's Old Testament related. Uh, Asherah is a super popular deity throughout what we would now refer to as the Middle East. Um, so ancient Near Eastern peoples, including Israelites, are going to be super familiar. And the weird thing about Asherah is she shows up in a lot of different pantheons, a lot of different groups of gods worshipped by different peoples. And she is almost invariably married to the chief male deity. So she is the queen deity of virtually every pantheon she shows up in. And yes, there are inscriptions referring to Yahweh and his Asherah, indicating that he's being worshipped by polytheists as their chief male deity. And he is married to Asherah, who is the chief female deity. Uh, and this isn't like, please don't don't turn off the podcast because Martin and I both believe there is only one God revealed in three persons. We're Trinitarian Christians. Like, don't worry. We're just saying what ancient people thought. So this is something really important for us to remember. Just because someone worships Yahweh does not mean they do it right. But I was able to find a specific mention, which uh, 2 Kings 21.7, Manasseh's king, he's like one of the really bad kings. And there's this mention here. Manasseh even took the carved Asherah pulse. This is an idol of the goddess Asherah. He had it made and set it up in the temple of which the Lord had then said to David and to his son Solomon in this temple and in Jerusalem, which I've chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will establish my name forever. So Manasseh has this idol made of this foreign deity and then puts it in Yahweh's temple. And we'll get into more what that means in a minute. But yes, there are like this lady is not lying. She's not stupid. There are references to Asherah and Yahweh being worshipped together. One of the key words that Jason brought up was it was a bad king that did this. It is not a king who is generally recognized as great. Uh, It's not like it's David. Yeah. Or even like man. He's a bad dude. He's a real bad dude. It's not even it's not even like he was a mad king. Like he was a bad king. Not a good dude. And the hint is he doesn't make like, you know, uh, a secondary idol of some other male deity and say this temple is now dedicated to Baal. Like, no, he's worshiping Yahweh, but he's also worshiping Yahweh and the Asherah. And he's quite possibly making human sacrifices to Yahweh. But that's that's a different issue for a different day. Uh, We're not going to worry about that right now. So he's worshiping Yahweh, but he's doing it wrongly. And when we talked about uh, Exodus and the golden calf incident, we mentioned that they're still worshiping. They're not worshiping a foreign deity. They're still worshiping Yahweh, but they're worshiping him as a, as a pagan fertility God. So they're worshiping Yahweh, but they're doing it the wrong way. We see the same thing here where yes, they're still worshiping Yahweh, but they're doing it improperly. This is what, uh, and especially conservative Christian circles, you're going to hear referred to as deviant Yahweh worship, meaning, yes, you're worshiping the right guy, but you ain't doing it the right way. And there's tons of examples of this. There's a really famous archaeological find a number of years back uh, and from an 8th, 8th century BC shrine in Tel Arad that shows people worshiping Yahweh, but on a particular altar, they built this like model of the Jewish temple in Jerusalem but it had multiple altars. And in one of the altars, it showed uh, traces that we associate with the burning of cannabis. So they're worshiping Yahweh. And part of their religious services they do in this particular room with this particular altar 
is they get high on cannabis as part of their Yahweh worship. Now, there's nothing in the Old Testament that says you're supposed to do this because you're not. You're not. You're not supposed to do that during worship. In fact, I mean, some of Aaron's kids are killed for getting drunk and then trying to perform services in the tabernacle and offering strange fire. So you're not supposed to be under the influence of substances and performing your like ritual priestly duties. But these people were because they were worshiping Yahweh, but they're doing it the wrong way. And the biggest thing I want to get home before I hand this back off to Martin is the Bible does not hide that from you. Most of the messages of the prophets is the prophets railing against Israel, saying, you're not worshiping Yahweh correctly. And it's very rare for them to say, you're not worshiping Yahweh. They'll say, you're not doing it right. So Amos gets after them for denying justice to the poor and the oppressed. And we see the mention in 2 Kings, we read a moment ago, where they're worshiping Asherah beside Yahweh. And so the prophets who write the book of Kings, which was originally one book, are noting, like, this is not a good thing. Manasseh is a bad king because he did this. So you have this small group, the prophets and their followers, that are constantly screaming to Israel who will not listen. You need to worship Yahweh. You need to worship him the way he says to. You need to worship him alone. And for most of Israel's history, until the early 500s BCE, Israel just doesn't listen. And they do a lot of things wrong. Now, Martin, you have more to say on that point. I want to hand this back off to you. Tell us a little bit more about the ways that uh, the Israelite people would worship incorrectly and how the Bible kind of deals with this. Go for it. So mainly what I want to argue is not necessarily how the Israelites did worship, but how they were supposed to. And the best example for that in the early Old Testament is the Ten Commandments. So when you look at Exodus chapter 20, this is when the Israelites get their Ten Commandments. In verse 3, the NIV reads, you shall have no other gods before me. And now, when we look at that, it sounds polytheistic. Well, you can have other gods, but they just can't be more important than me. And what God is saying is not that uh, the preposition that is translated as before can also be translated as beside or next to or equal with. And in that case, it changes a little bit of what it looks like. It's Yahweh claiming that he is the greatest being there is. Every, everybody worships something. Whatever the greatest thing you can imagine is, that's your God. And if Yahweh is the greatest thing we can imagine, that makes him God. When you see Yahweh claiming that there are no other gods equal to him, it's not a polytheistic claim. And I think the best way to explain this is actually also in scripture, in 1 Kings chapter 18. So I love this story, first of all. I think it's hilarious because Elijah's kind of a jerk, and it's, I mean, it's another example of people sucking. Uh, but Elijah is just hilarious about it. Uh, in the story, Elijah is competing with the prophets of Baal. And that's that's another false god. Uh, but it's another one of which the Israelites are starting to worship. And towards the beginning of the chapter... And in this case, this is one of the very few, actually the only example I can think of, where Yahweh worship is actually like functionally outlawed. Like Elijah is in danger of being killed because the queen at this time, Jezebel, is actually trying to kill people who worship Yahweh. So 
she's trying to replace Yahweh with Baal. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm going to do something about that. So essentially, Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal, which, if I remember correctly, number about 450. So there's a lot of them. But Elijah is the only prophet of Yahweh, and he challenges them to essentially a whose dad can beat up whose dad competition. Uh, Elijah says, listen, if, if Yahweh is not supposed to be worshipped, then we'll have this competition. What we're going to do is we're going to build altars. We're going to cut up an ox, and we're going to offer a burnt sacrifice. But neither of us is going to light a fire. Our God will light the fire. And that, that'll be how we know who wins. So they they start out the competition. Elijah gives them a huge head start, by the way. Uh, the competition starts in the morning when the sun comes up. And the prophets of Baal start uh, praying that their altar would light from morning to noon. That's five, six hours. They've spent all of this time praying that their altar would light so that they could win this competition. So that uh, essentially Elijah would be killed and Yahweh would no longer be worshipped, and Baal is the only god now. Doesn't happen. There's no fire. No sparks. Nothing. Uh, and then, Elijah starts making jokes. And he's hilarious about it. So, he says, well, maybe maybe Baal is relieving himself, and he can't hear you. Maybe maybe he's taking a poop, and he can't hear you because the door's shut. It's normally translated, what, like, maybe he's indisposed or something, but it's like a really common idiom for, like, somebody taking a dump and yeah. so he's just like maybe he's pooping you should yell louder the bathroom's in the back of the house he can't hear you bro exactly he's just he's cracking jokes and then he gets really full of himself and he he gets the people that are on his side and he says go fill up a couple of jars of water let's throw it all over the wood and the ox and the stones and everything so that it shouldn't be on it shouldn't light because i don't know if you guys have ever had a campfire but wet wood doesn't light very well and so uh, Elijah does all of this stuff to just show off. And finally, he prays for what I would assume is like 10 seconds. And all of a sudden, his altar starts on fire. Boom. It's done. All, all of a sudden. And Elijah wins. Yahweh's the bigger dad. That's all, that's all we get from the story. No, that's not what we get from the story. What we get is the Israelites were worshiping false gods, and Yahweh stepped in to show them the foolishness of what's happening. Yahweh steps in to show them that this thing that you're worshiping, it doesn't work. It It's not a thing. The only true God is Yahweh himself. Like, like Jason said, there's a serious flaw in the article. When you see people following Yahweh wrong, it doesn't mean that that's how Yahweh wants to be followed. And I think that's a really important note to make. Because we live in a time where there are a lot of people who follow Yahweh wrong. There are a lot of people who believe the best way to love your neighbor is to protest at Planned Parenthood. Who believe the best way to love your neighbor is to make gay marriage illegal again. Who believe that for the most part politics are going to solve their religious problems. And God has never said that that would work. Israel was a nation run by God himself, and it still didn't work, because people suck. If 
scripture and our our culture disagree? Which way do you lean? Which way accurately reflects God? Yeah, you take scripture every time. Every time. Because culture doesn't accurately reflect a deity. Culture has never accurately reflected a deity. People suck. That's that's just kind of the, the moral of the story. People mess things up. And it's kind of the same thing that this article is arguing. They're arguing that because idols were worshipped, the Israelites were polytheists. Well, were they polytheists? Yeah, they were worshipping multiple gods. And Yahweh condemns them for it multiple times. They get in so much trouble because of it. That was the first thing Joshua was told to do when he got into the promised land, was to drive out the foreign people and their gods so that only Yahweh would be worshipped. And then he didn't get the job done. So then the judges got the same job. And the judges were even worse than Joshua. Until 586 BC, when they go into exile. And they get their land taken away from them. And their slaves again. And this seems to be when they finally get the message of how they're supposed to follow Yahweh. Not, you can follow him however you want, but they finally get the message that there is a specific way to do this. And what you were doing was not glorifying him. And that's that's a tough message for us to hear. Because like I said earlier, there are so many Christians in our world today that believe they're following God in the best possible way, but they're not. Their, their God is their politics. Their God is their power. Jason and I both agree. Uh, we both believe that a great way for you to keep your faith is to learn how to defend it from claims like this, from things that have a bunch of people's names on it that seem to be really legit and seem to also really disagree with scripture, right? If I was 10 years younger and I had seen this article... I would be all over the place because I would have been so concerned because maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Yahweh's not the only God. There's questions that start to climb into your head when you read things like that and you start to believe them. Jason, I want to help you kind of work through this article right now. Yeah, I mean, the short response to this article is it has a lot of truth in it, but it is written to try to make you think that the Bible is hiding something from you. And it's not. The Bible admits that Yahweh was worshipped alongside Asherah and also just vehemently says that that was wrong and shouldn't have happened. But there's so many other lessons that you can find in this whole experience and related stories in scripture. Be careful that when you worship Yahweh, you're doing it his way. Um, be ready to question people with degrees and credentials that are teaching something that does not seem to line up with what the scriptures are teaching. Um, be skeptical when there's something that is becoming very popular in culture that just seems bizarre and does not seem to align with what the church has always taught. There's plenty of lessons you can draw here. I hope that at least one of them is relevant to your situation and helpful in your walk with Jesus. So thank you guys for joining us here today. We hope that learning about Asherah was great for you or at least moderately interesting, please leave us a five-star review. Heck, we'll settle for a four-star review if that's all you're willing to give us. And follow us on Facebook. We're there at Pocket Theology. And if you want to give us a question, you can post it on our Facebook page 
or you can message us at realpockettheology at gmail.com. We check that periodically. We'd love to do some topics that you guys want covered. Otherwise, we're just going to keep trolling Instagram and trying to find some stuff. Uh, So thank you again so much for being here, and we'll see you back here next time.